Hello and welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. This is your host, Trip from tripadvice.com. And today's episode, we're talking about conversation. And I have a guest on who I've actually had before, and I had to have him on again because he has really great tricks and techniques to be able to avoid awkward silences and be able to continue conversation. His name is Patrick King, and His whole job relies around conversation. He teaches how to talk to girls. He teaches how to network. He teaches anything along the lines of how to talk to people, how to connect with people. And he's a bestseller on Amazon. He's got about 25 books on there, and he really kills it when it comes to talking. So I had to have him on again and share with us some of his techniques, some new stuff that he's been working on that I know are going to help you out so much when you're talking to girls. So... Without further ado, here is my interview with Patrick King. Hey, Patrick, what's going on, man? Hey, not much. Good to talk to you again, Trip. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to have you back. Guys, listen up. Patrick, he, you know, he first started giving a lot of social advice, conversation advice, networking advice on his awesome books on Amazon. And he recently decided that he wanted to really do a full course and and teach guys, you know, the whole A to Z in terms of how to talk to people, how to talk to girls, how to talk to colleagues, right? It's how to talk to pretty much anyone. Is that correct? Uh, that's about it, man. Um, it's how to talk to anyone. And it's just realizing that, um, you know, in work, you know, the work is, uh, the office is not a meritocracy. The world is not a meritocracy. It's not about what you do. It's about how you talk to people and it's about how you connect with them. So uh, the course and really all of my books and coaching is geared around this fact that to get ahead in life, you need to connect with people. You connect with to people through conversation. How do you do that? What tactics do you use in everyday conversation that are, you know, that aren't just like be confident and give eye contact? It's like actual real stuff that you can apply. So what are these tips that you can use to get ahead in life? Right, exactly. And so you put this in a new program called Conversation Tactics. And today what we're doing is I told Patrick I want him to give his five most hard-hitting tips that you guys can use today to be able to get results with the girls that you talk to. So he's going to be talking about those, and if you guys are interested in, in learning more and diving deeper into his program, then there's going to be a link that will be available to you to check out in the episode description. So let's get into it, and maybe, uh, Patrick, you know, not every yeah. guy has listened to you know, all the episodes of my podcast, although they should, yeah, they should. Uh, but if they haven't, you know, they haven't heard of you before, maybe give you know a little background about you and how you know this stuff, how you got into this, and why guys should really listen to you. Okay, yeah, that's a uh, so. I guess I, I guess we did go over this before last time, but if you didn't hear last episode, um, I'm Patrick King. I'm a social interaction specialist, and what that really means is I'm a conversation coach. I'm a I coach people, men, women, on how to talk to other people and whatever their goal is, achieve that goal. So for some of us, uh, probably the ones that are listening, it's gonna be getting someone to date it's going to be getting into a relationship it's going to be how to extend a conversation with that girl that you just met how to never let it go stale how to always be interesting and engaging for other people how to get you know how to play office politics how to move up in the office how to endear yourself to your boss without looking like you know the suck up um but as for me i am uh, a former lawyer uh 
I am a dating coach. I uh, I kind of have pivoted a, pivoted a little bit since we spoke into more of just uh, the conversation, social interaction area, just because it feels like it's more. Um, you get more. You, you get more breadth of people. You get more breadth of people. You get more breadth of problems to deal with, and that's just kind of more interesting for me. Um, and I've been doing this full time for about three years now, and. Um, here I am. Let's talk about it. That's awesome. Well, excited to have you back on, man. So, you know, as you know, this is the How to Talk to Girls podcast. So the guys yeah. here are, are, you know, wanting to know more about how to communicate with women and uh, and get them attracted and be comfortable in conversation and all that good stuff, which you already know yeah. about. So, so all yeah, let's it. let's start into let's start getting into some of those tips and and give guys yeah. some uh, some great stuff that they can use with the girls that they talk to. Let's do it. Okay. So one of my first things, and I'm, I'm also making sure that I'm not overlapping with any of the stuff that I talked about before. So there's just a lot of stuff that I have to say about this topic, obviously. Um, so the first thing is I want to talk about free association. So uh, no matter what people think about free association, let's take a step back. And what happens when you run out of things to say? You can't think of anything. Here's what happens in your mind, essentially, uh, subconsciously. I can't think of anything to say about this topic, you know, the topic that was just at hand or that the other person, the woman just spoke about. And I can't think of anything that's related to it, right? That's really what happens in conversation. It's like you have someone says something to you or someone asks a question to you and you respond on that topic or on a related topic. That's really what conversation is. That's all it is. So when you have an awkward silence, when you run out of things to say, that's what's happening is that you can't connect or think of anything on those two levels. So when we talk about free association, what I mean is it's so much easier if you can take yourself out of that situation. And this is something you can practice, by the way, and also do in the moment. So it kind of works both ways. Um, <clears throat> if you can take yourself out of the moment and just think, okay, whoop, hello? Yep, still here. Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. So if you can take yourself out of the moment and just think, okay, let me just let me just take all the stigma, all the context away and just think about this word, that that topic, that context. What does it make me think of? Right. So, for example, this is kind of a silly example, but you know, nonetheless, one that I use all the time. It's like, let's say that someone says to you, a woman says to you that how much she loves cats. She tells a story about how much she loves cats. So you think, OK, I don't have any opinion or anything to say about cats. And then the secondary prong is, okay, well, I can't really think of anything that cats make me think of, so I don't really have anything to say. I'm kind of stuck, right? But when you do free association, what you do is you think, okay, let's strip away the story. Let's strip away everything. Let's strip away me trying to attract her. Let's strip away flirting. Let's just think cats. What are – and then – so I'm going to ask you to do this, trip. What are five – to 10 things that cats immediately make you think of just free association just popping into your head just blurt it out okay um yeah. chasing feathers uh yeah. puking uh yeah puking <laughs> up their hairballs uh internet yeah. internet memes there you go um yeah cats uh, there's this one video specifically of a cat lying down like on its back yeah um i once yeah. Had a cat for a little while, so there's that. There's that, um, yeah. 
Uh, I want you know uh, other. Yeah, I want to. Uh, if I ever owned another cat, I would name it Oscar. Nice. Um, well, well, good choice. Yeah, we're going. Uh, we're getting out there. Uh, we're getting out there, but you know, most people are most people are going to say something just like uh, dogs, cats, childhood, outdoors. Um, you know, what's that other word? Uh, kittens, puppies. So these are all things that if you just use free association with, and you take yourself out of the context. And, you know, in addition to the topics that you brought up, these are all these are all like perfectly actually great things to bring up to continue that conversation. So if someone was or if that woman was finished telling that story about cats, then you could bring up absolutely everything that you just talked about that just popped into your head, even though if you were to think about it in the situation, you think, oh, I can't think of anything to say to this story about cats. But you take yourself out of the situation, you think, let's just free associate this bitch. And then you have all these topics that immediately spring to mind. I like that. That's great. Yeah. So that's that's one of the great ways um, to avoid and deal with awkward silences when you're in it. Um, and that's also something that you can kind of drill beforehand. So the, the way that I like to drill beforehand, and you'll see this uh, if you check out the course, and I also do this with my clients just about every session, is um, I will say one thing. And then it's very simple. I will say one thing and then you will uh, you will say three things that it makes you think of. And then you just kind of train that you drill that until you get better at it. And really what it does is it trains you to think outside the box, which is really what conversation, you know, that's where good conversation is. Bad conversation is linear conversation that just goes, hi, how are you? What's your name? What do you do? Where are you from? That's linear and right. that's uh, usually leads to something that we don't want. That le- usually leads somewhere that we don't want it to, right? Yeah, very boring. Yeah, well, we could say that. Um, so that is uh, free association. And that's one of the big, big tips on making conversations go better with women. Um, you know, I just want to jump in here real quick. Yeah. You know, I think one of the, I think what basically what you're, what this exercise is doing is. Yeah is it's like a brain exercise really you know it's 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 creating connections you know in your brain that you haven't made before you know a lot of people aren't used to thinking like like in the way that you just presented you know thinking of tangents and and thinking about a free association and things like that and so what's cool is i feel like once you learn this skill or when you're learning this skill it's really just all these little new connections happening in your brain. So it's going to be a little bit difficult at first, but then you start getting better and better and better at it. You know, it's just like, yeah, it's just like yeah. anything. It's, it's, it's a brain exercise. that's going to help you get better. And that's, I think that's why it's, it seems to work so well. I think the, yeah, you hit it right on the head and it's, it is difficult for most people at first, just because they're so caught up in, you know, is this the answer that you're looking for? Uh, what if this isn't, what if this, what if this is like a stupid thing? What if they don't care about this? But you know, the point is to take yourself out of the situation and train your brain to make these connections. Um, so for example, with you, um, these, you know, the one that you did, the topics that you came up with, those are great, but those are actually, those are actually, um, I think you could have been a little quicker and just thought, cause you were still in the situation a little bit. I was. If, a little bit, but if you were to just simplify it, and what if I did right now? Right now, I'm just gonna do. What do you think? What are five things you think about when you think of Apple? Uh, so why don't you go ahead and generate that? Uh, 
red, uh, sweet, honey, um, apple picking. Apple picking, sure. Yeah. So that, and then that, that's, that's. But I feel like I got a little bit faster because I just did it. You did. You know, like I feel like I was yeah. already kind of ready for it because before it's just out of nowhere, and I haven't thought about doing something like that in a long time, you know, right. and I haven't had right. a conversation like that. So it's like even that jump, just doing it a second time, really helped. Yeah, right. So that's that's kind of the value of drilling this. And uh, again, this is this is great because it basically emulates what is happening in a conversation. Because a conversation is you engage on one topic, okay, fine, and then you move to a related topic, you stay on that topic, or you move to another one. And that's just really the backbone and structure of conversation. Right. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Let's keep going. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um. <clears throat> so I. Do recall that last time I talked about HPM a little bit? Um, boy, I probably should have went back and listened to that uh, just to make sure. But HPM, I'm not going to talk about that, but I'm going to talk about something related. But I'll, I'll introduce HPM for those that uh, maybe didn't listen last time. Uh, HPM is basically giving you three answers or three responses to just about anything. So what I like to call it is uh, they're like cue cards. If you just write HPM like on a note card, you look at your hand, then you'll probably know what to say next to just about anything that comes up. So HPM stands for History, Philosophy, and Metaphor. Um, and we can go into it later if you want. But something I really want to tackle now is something that's similar to HPM, but it's EDR. So E as in, uh, I don't know, Ed. D. Oh, I should just say it, right? E as in emotion, D as in detail, and then R as in restate. So the way this works is that Oh, I'm sorry, were you saying something? No, I just said, okay, keep going. Oh, That's yeah, cool. okay, yeah, let's keep going. Uh, so the way this works is that for any for any statement that basically comes to you, you state an emotion, you ask a detail, or you restate their sentiment. And I'll give you a couple examples of each. So let's say, so let's say for example, you went skiing over the weekend. That's what you told me, right? It's like, Patrick, I went skiing over the weekend. And maybe I have no experience with skiing. Maybe I don't care about skiing. That's fine. I have nothing to say. So you look at your cue card that says EDR, you say, and you see state emotion. So how do you state emotion uh, when someone says to you, I just went skiing? Uh, are you asking me? Oh, uh, I, sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. There was a little bit of a pause there. I was like, I might have an yeah. answer for that. Right, um, yeah. I would say, like, that sounds, I mean, simply, like, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, that's it. Or it sounds like it sounds like you had a lot of fun. It sounds like you really enjoy skiing. It sounds like skiing is your favorite, uh, you know, what is it, hobby. Uh, sounds like skiing makes you happy. So you got it right. You're just stating the emotion of the other person. And what this does is this, you know, this forces them to confirm or deny it. And then I, I don't mean force in a bad way. It just it prompts them to for, confirm or deny it. And then they elaborate it on elaborate on it very naturally it's like yeah you know actually i do love skiing or or they'll say yeah actually i don't really like it i fell a lot and my ass is sore but um number one is to state the emotion it's just something that you can always do and it only takes a little bit of practice because all you're doing is making an observation about how they probably felt about something based on how they felt um, or based on the story they told you. So the second one is asking for a detail. And asking for a detail is simply uh, the statement was, I went skiing last weekend. So you ask for a detail on that. You ask, 
when did you go or where did you go? How long did you go for? Uh, are you good at skiing? Do you love skiing? Who did you go with? Um, how long was the drive? How was the snow? So you're just asking questions and that's, that's another mode of engagement as well. So that's E and D. And then R is what you're doing is you're restating their sentiment. You're restating what they said. And when you restate, uh, basically, this always is going to prompt people to say, to explain themselves. So, for example, I went skiing last weekend. You restate that by saying, oh, so you went skiing last weekend? So what you do is you restate the exact same sentence, but you change your inflection and you emphasize different words. So you went skiing last weekend? So you went skiing last weekend? So you're basically restating in a form, and it forms a question to them. It forms a question to them that they answer by clarifying exactly what they said to, you know, five more details. I like that. That's good. Okay. Those are some, yeah. I like how you pinpointed it too, to not just the free association part, but how you can actually respond to them. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, um, I try to make it so for my clients, I just, I really just try to break it down and make it as easy as possible. You know, conversation is, it's when you break it down, it's I talk, you talk, I talk, you talk, right? So if you just have these kind of responses or modes of responses ready in your pocket, then it's likely that you won't run out of things to say because here's the thing. You can always state an emotion. You can always ask a detail and you can, you know, here's the thing you can always do the most is you can always restate their sentiment because you're just repeating it. So the things that anyone can do, and they might take a little bit of practice to kind of get started thinking in that mode, but this is always going to help you never run out of things to say. Right. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Uh, do you want to move on to the next? Let's keep going. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about small talk, which we hate, which we hate with women. It's the so worst. small, it's so just, small talk you're saying is, is, is not good. We don't want small talk. I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's, uh, so let me, but let me try to define what small talk is first. Small talk usually, if you think about it, is you're just kind of jumping around from shallow topic to shallow topic. You're not digging deep. It's basically, what's that expression? Um, a mile wide, but an inch deep, right? Um, and you're kind of probing for similarities. You're probing for details, but you're not really probing. You're just kind of asking a cursory question. So that most, that for the most part is small talk. And it's very, you know, it gets very uncomfortable and boring. And that's what we call interview mode as well. So what I want to do is I want to teach you guys um, basically just how to redirect small talk and make something of it. So small talk questions what are the common small talk questions? How was your day? How was your weekend? Um, oh God, I just, <laughs> how was your weekend? How is, uh, how is work, right? So let's start with how is your day? So most people, when they answer this, are just gonna say nothing. They're gonna say words, but it's, the words are gonna say nothing. It's gonna be something like, oh, it's fine. How about yours? Et cetera, et cetera, how about yours? That's usually how it goes. Right. But the way to redirect and make all small talk questions useful is to just think about not answering the question literally. Don't answer these questions literally, especially the small talk ones, because, look, people don't care about the answer, too. I don't care about how your day is. 
I probably don't care about your weekends. I probably don't care about your vacation plans. But you know why I'm asking is that I'm just I'm just hoping and I'm praying that you're going to give me something interesting that we can actually talk about. So uh, that is kind of the purpose of these questions. And that's why I want to encourage people to not answer it literally and always redirect. Now, the question, of course, is how do you redirect? Right. I'm, I'm very curious myself. Yeah. So how do you how do you redirect? It's it's the easiest thing. So, you know, if someone's going to ask you, how is your day? Uh, no one cares about the day. No one cares about the actual day. So you just kind of gloss over that part. So you say, oh, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. But did you read? Here's here's just a few ways I'm going to rattle off. Right. To redirect. How was your day? It was fine. It was fine. Didn't do anything. But did you read? But did you know? But I just read. But I just heard slash did you hear slash but did I tell you about when I did I tell you about the last time did I tell you about last weekend can you believe so what it really is is you just really need this one bridging phrase which is oh you know I didn't really do anything but and then you can literally throw anything into that sentence. Right, especially those examples you just gave. Just like anything that's on your mind, anything that's interesting to you, anything right. you've been up to, anything that is at all interesting for you. Yeah, and yeah, right. So good, good. Thanks for bringing, thanks for emphasizing that again. It's the point is to give something interesting and to give the conversation an actual direction as opposed to just kind of play ping pong, which is, you know, fine. How about you? Whatever. Um, and the other way to think about this with redirecting is that you can also answer with an emotion versus, you know, like an event, right? Which is, how was your day? Oh, you know, I didn't really do anything, but I really felt, but I was super happy when this happened, but I felt really annoyed when this happened. So, you know, kind of the world's your oyster here. All you need is that one little phrase to say, I'm going to redirect to something interesting and they'll go with it and they'll ask about it because they don't. They don't care about the literal answer that, to the question they were asking. Right, exactly. It's like, plus when you bring up something new, I feel like people aren't going to be really paying attention. They're not going to be like, wait a second, he didn't or she didn't answer my question there. Right, you know? right. They're, they're uh, just going to be caught up in, in the moment of what you're saying next. Uh, yeah, and that's, yeah, right. So if they're a good conversationalist, they'll go with you, right? They're not going to be like, wait, you didn't answer my exact a question. You you went off topic. It's not it's not a debate, right? It's a free flowing living thing that that goes where people take it. Um, so yeah. Uh, so to summarize that one, that would be don't answer questions literally uh, because people don't care about the actual answers. Always redirect to something that you've prepared, something interesting, um, and even just a even just a story that you that you have from your your weekend something that you read about you can redirect to anything but redirect i like that that's great that's a powerful technique yeah okay cool. what else you yeah got? okay let's see what else i got that was a few um right here's a here's a good one that i think we might have some interesting conversation about uh you and i where i don't like ask i don't like most advice that talks about asking broad questions. So uh, what do you think about that, first of all? That's a good question. Um, 
let's see. Broad qu- what's an example of a broad question? Because I, I mean, I, I already agree with you. I do. Yeah. And, yeah. and I have my own probably reasons why. Um, yeah. But a broad question is probably going to be something that is, that is like a general question about them. Yes. So, right. um, for example, what do you like to do for fun? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, terrible worst question. Terrible question. Guys, guys, worst question ever to ask. Wait, no. Well, I'll put it this way. Guys, best question ever if you want the, the conversation to stall and end. It's just – so what happens – I mean, but what happens when people ask these broad questions, they think, oh, this is great. I'm going to get such an interesting answer and they're going to explain it and it's gonna. I'm not going to like pigeonhole them into what I want to talk about. I mean, yeah. But they're also not going to have an answer ready, so they'll just say, "Oh, good question. I need to think about that." So yeah, um, that's my general stance on broad questions. Um, so what I like to do instead is try to either boil it down to a specific question or a specific statement. Okay, actually, I'll just talk about that first. So how do we turn a broad question into a specific statement? First of all, so. What do you like to do for fun? Before you get into that, I just want to, oh, add, yeah. I just want to add here. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> when, you, when you ask a broad question, yeah. you know what that's doing? Don't. That's making that person work hard. Oh, my God, yeah. That's the problem with it. Because you know what? And I, the way I came up with that is because I was just imagining in my head someone asking what I do for fun. And in my head, I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, like I, I know what I like to do for fun, but... It's just like a lot of work to think about what I like and what, what area of fun are we talking about. It's just like I had to like really go in my head. Like you're making the person work really hard. And I feel like when you go specific, and I know Patrick, you're about to talk about that in just a second on how to do it. When you yeah. go specific, it's easier for them to respond. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. All right, continue. That's just this no, one no. Of thoughts. No, no, well put. I actually, I actually kind of forgot to mention that is that um, you're just making it easier for the other person. A lot of this stuff that we're talking about here is making it easier for the other person to respond, which of course makes it easier for you because now they're they care, now they're engaged, and they're not they're not saddled with silence. Um, so yeah, I, actually, really, thanks for bringing that up. Um, uh, right. So how do you make a broad question into a specific question? Oh, it's very easy. You just kind of make an assumption, right? What you're asking, when you're asking, what do you like to do for fun? You can say, do you like playing baseball? Do you like watching movies? Do you like, you know, you're making an assumption and you're asking about it. And that's a specific statement. And I think that's always better. Um, and I, I, would even, I would even say go even more specific too. Like, yeah. do you like horror movies? Go more specific. Do you yeah. like the movie, you know, Freddy versus Jason? You know what I mean? It's like, I don't I, think you could be, you can be too specific when you're talking. I don't think it's possible. I agree. I completely agree. Uh, when you're specific, that gives the conversation a direction and an actual topic. When you're general, uh, you know, people, <laughs> when you're general, it's nothing. It's just noise. You're saying something, but you're not, yeah, you're, 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 you're making noise, but you're not saying anything um, with with broad stuff. So good point. Even even more specific is better. A question, and you can also make it a specific statement where it's like, "You seem like you make. You seem like you like baseball. You seem like you like horror movies," and that would be kind of the evolution from a 
conversation stopping broad question to a specific statement or specific question that really gives the conversation a direction and some sort of life because you know they'll ask why you think that and that'll be that'll be another conversation or they'll agree and that'll be you'll instantly be in that topic which is which is great because apparently you've read her mind which is amazing um i do want to mention one final thing on the broad questions that i that i truly hate um there is one kind of one way to ask good broad questions and the way is this so when you ask a broad question like what do you like to do for fun give them choices so that ah, sounds yes. like yeah right and i think a lot of us do this instinctually but adding this to the end of that question is going to help the conversation so much so what do you like to do for fun what are the choices you add you uh shit what was it what do you like to do for fun do you like to, you know you know do you like to uh are you a fitness type person do you like to hike in the outdoors do you like watching movies uh i see you have a guitar over there do you are you really a musical person so you give choices for these things and you know you've instantly actually given them four questions instead of one that they can answer and you know something will resonate in their brain so what, what were you saying well, I was just gonna say that, yeah, that's that's making them work less right there. Yeah, yeah. You know, there yeah. you go. It makes them. It makes it very easy for them. That's yeah, and that's kind of the theme here. You're making it easy for them, making it easy for yourself. Win-win. Instead of one broad question, they've got one broad question. In the in the example that I gave, three specific questions, um, but it's all kind of packaged together, so they can answer. They can pick and choose how to answer that, and it's much much easier. Uh, like one that. final thing. Oh yeah, sorry about that. Uh, one final thing on uh, specific statements and broad questions. Uh, really, any sort of question, you have to have an answer for it too, right? Before you before Ooh. you ask it, you need to have an answer because you have to be prepared for the eventuality. And this will happen that someone is like, "I have no idea. What about you?" Like they're not even gonna put a, gonna put any thought into it, so they're gonna bounce it back to you. Which might be good if you have a good answer to it that, you know, it's a story, it takes you somewhere, it takes you into a specific topic, it's funny. Um, so always be prepared and think about it beforehand, really. That's great. That's awesome. Cool, man. What else we got? All right. What else we got here? Um, all right. Yeah, I think we can end with uh, one, about, uh, one about stories that we can kind of tell. I think that'll be a good good one to finish the, off this uh uh, this tip session. Um, okay. So this is what I like to call fallback stories. Um, and what they are are basically, I mean, I'll do it right. I'll do it right now. Let's pretend that we have a silence, right? Okay. Uh, we'll say, you'll say something like, haha, you're so funny. And they'll say, oh yeah, thanks. Whatever happens <laughs> during flirting. And then the fallback story is, hey, so you know what I just read the other day? is one of my friends, she asked her boyfriend to, she asked her boyfriend to marry him. So, you know, total gender role reversal, and she got all romantic about it, and there was even a ring for him. Um, I was kind of uh, surprised, but I think I would be okay if my girlfriend did that to me. Uh, what are your thoughts? Would you ever do that? What if, what if, uh, what if one of your friends did that? Ask your for your advice. Would you tell them to do that? Would you accept it? Would you get a ring? So, I mean, t okay. So that's what that sounds like. 
And um, let's break that down. So what we're doing here is this is something that you can prepare beforehand. That's why I call it a fallback story is because if it goes if it goes silent, if it goes dark, you have if it goes like, oh, shit, then you have your fallback. So there's four aspects to it. The first part is, again, the bridging slash transition sentence, which a lot of people feel that they need. A lot of people feel that they need that to make it sound organic and natural. And yeah, I agree with that sometimes. So that was, hey, you know what I read or you know what I heard recently? The second part is the actual story itself. And notice that I was pretty light on details because this is not the important part is not the actual story. Right. So I was pretty light on details. And, I, you know, I talked about, you know, I set the scenario, I gave the pertinent stuff, and then I shut up. Uh, the third part was my opinion on it, where I said, you know, I think I think if that happened to me, I'd be pretty okay with it. I would be maybe <laughs> I would be emasculated, but I'd feel okay with it. And then the fourth part, the third part makes the fourth part possible because you're sharing first. You're sh you're showing your opinion. You're kind of making yourself vulnerable. You're making it okay to show their opinion, which is the fourth part that you're asking their opinion in a few ways. So notice how at the end of that fallback story, I asked the same question like four ways. The reason for that is, you know, different things just resonate with different people. So when you ask, when you take different approaches, when you ask about it in different ways, something is going to resonate with, uh, you know, one person versus the other. And oftentimes it's really interesting when you, when you ask this series of three or four questions, you can literally see someone's face light up when they, when they, <laughs> when they basically ha have a, an opening or a, a question to answer, even though it was the same, it was asked the same exact way two times before. So that's the fallback story. And, um, yeah, what do you uh, what do you think about it? I like that. I like that. So, how does someone come up with the fallback story again? Uh, they, uh, you know, that's a good question. They prepare it beforehand, and the reason that I did that scenario of, um, you know, the male, the female proposing to the male, is because that's something that I think ninety nine point nine percent of people have an opinion on. They'll ha they'll either think it was great, they'll think it's a little weird, or they think it will be bad. Um, and that highlights the easiest thing to have fallback stories on, which are interpersonal situations. Interpersonal situations, you might call it drama sometimes, but it's just stories about people and stories about people's relationships. And that's because people have, uh, you know, people have experience with this, people can relate to it, and they always have an opinion on it. So the fallback story has to be pretty relatable, uh, ideally. And it just has to be something that people can generate in this stance and an opinion on. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good. I like that. That's a, that's good fallback. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, is that it? Are we are we done here or is there any more? Oh, we could be. Um, yeah, uh, we can get one more. So uh, Let's just do one finish. more. These are, these are already okay. really, really good stuff. And I think guys are probably going to re-listen to this and highly suggest you do to take notes because – this stuff is just like handed over to you instruction-wise. So very, very powerful stuff. But yeah, let's do another one. Yeah, let's do another one. Uh, all right, let's let me uh, rack my brain a little bit. Um, okay, this is just a smaller thing, but uh, uh, still important. Let's say um, this is about reactions. All right, this is about how you're showing someone that you're listening and how they are being validated, essentially. 
Uh, I just want you to think about reactions as what is the primary emotion that uh, more of a but for reactions, what is the what is the primary emotion the other person is trying to convey? And then why don't I give that to them? You know, for example, someone tells a story about being cut off in traffic. What is the primary emotion that they're trying to convey? Uh, I mean, let, to articulate that, that's probably going to be something like anger, amusement, annoyance. So why don't I give that to them and validate them and make them feel heard and that I actually care about what they're saying and understand them versus saying or reacting however I want to. And that's kind of a that's kind of one of these psychological underpinnings to, to great conversation is that if you can immediately do these things to make it clear that you're on their level, like intellectually, you're on the same page and you just understand them, you understand them intellectually logically and most importantly sometimes emotionally that's going to get a much better connection that's going to get a much better reception from the other person right yeah totally because they feel validated and that feels good yeah um and you can take this a couple a uh, couple layers deeper is that um you know the primary emotions that you're going to be that people are trying to show you are by the most part or for the most part annoyance anger uh, you know, they want to share laughter or they just want to rant about something. Um, so when you have these things, just keep that in mind that these are the primary emotions that you can pick from. Another way that you can that you can have a good reaction is to basically show shock sometimes. And I would say that there's almost nothing as validating as when someone is shocked when they hear you, when you blow someone's mind, essentially. Basically, this is when someone says, Oh my God, I had no idea. That's so cool. That feels great to hear versus someone saying, oh, interesting. So that's just kind of what I mean by showing shock is that you're showing a big reaction. You're showing that they've taught you something and you're showing that, you know, basically uh, they're smart. <laughs> right. And again, that just makes them feel good in conversation. Yeah, and these are small, small things that you're doing, uh, you know, reactions, right? These are small things, uh, but they make a huge difference. And I guess one one final level that you can even take it if you wanted to is you can make them – you could basically make them a, a teacher or an expert. And that goes a little bit into role-playing, which I also talk about. But um, you say, oh, my gosh, you are such an expert in this. Oh, my gosh, you're like a teacher. You're like a professor in this. Please tell me more. And I just, I know it sounds like it's not much, but just that little statement validates people so much and encourages them to talk so much that it's, um, you know, you'll have a little bit of false modesty at first from them and then they'll just go. They'll be off. They'll talk your ear off if you give them that amount of validation. And if you put them, if you put them in that role as a teacher slash expert. Right. Right. I like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Good yeah. stuff, man. Patrick, wow, killing it, as always, giving us some hard-hitting, very practical tips to make people feel good in conversation, to continue conversation. And I can imagine if you use all these tips, a girl's going to walk away and say, wow, that was a good conversation. Maybe not literally, but she's going to be thinking in her head that, <laughs> that this is a guy I want to see again or talk to again because they know how to have these really powerful 
conversation skills. So that's awesome, man. Thanks for sharing that with us. Right. That's right. Yeah, no problem. Anytime, man. Cool. So listen, guys, I highly suggest you check out his new course, Conversation Tactics. Go ahead, check it out. There's a link in the description. And Patrick, thanks again, man, for coming on and sharing some of this good stuff with us today. I appreciate you having me on and letting me share with you guys. All right. Thanks, bud. All right.